Welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, WXVW. I'm Kelly Patrick, coming at you as I do every Sunday morning, 9 to 11, talking all things in the world of sports. Uh, it is an honor this morning to be joined in studio by my man, Rashawn Myers. How are you this morning, Rashawn? Kelly, what's going on with you, man? It's an outstanding, it's a perfect morning, a Sunday morning here in uh, the Derby City, man. It's, it's going down. I'm glad to be in. It really was. And, and I just saw you very briefly this morning, right before we went on the air. And one of the things that, that I said was, you know, there's actually plenty to talk about <laughs> for it being, what, July 9th? Yeah, not bad. Not bad for July 9th, you know, to still have this much going on and to have that, you know, that much to talk about. It almost seems like the... Uh, news cycle now for sports, man, because of social media and, and everything else is, it, you know, it's, it's 365 literally. So you always have something to talk about. No matter what kind of market you're in almost. I mean, we're, we're a college basketball market, but um, the way that Kentucky and now Louisville players have really taken to the NBA. Oh, yeah. And uh, you could almost say Kentucky players, if we're being, I know you and I are both U- UofL guys. But Kentucky players are just littered across the entire league. So I mean, oh yeah. But but now we have guys like Donovan Mitchell, and there's other plenty of other Louisville guys to to look to when we're analyzing the NBA talent. Yeah, I mean, and that's the big, you know, one of the big changes, uh, you know, in, in the summer is that summer hoops is so much more popular now. I mean, you know, you can literally uh, during the NBA summer league watch every summer league game if you have the ESPN app. Even uh, you know that they're showing games all day on uh, ESPN, ESPN. You, but you can also watch games on the app. So you can literally watch all the basketball that you want. And, and that's something that's changed to where now, you know, with social media and everybody's always chirping and talking about something, there's always something to talk about. I mean, it, 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 if you are in sports talk radio, uh, it's a lot easier than it was, say, you know, 15 years ago. Sure, certainly. I want to remind our listeners the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram buzz line is 502 384. 1450, give us a call. Get in on the action. I know you guys have questions. Even if you're a Kentucky fan, we'd like to hear from you. Um, What's your analysis of the current state of what we'll get started with talking about is NBA Summer League. Lonzo Ball, I would describe it, Rashawn, as he has turned into public enemy number one. Not so much by (laughs) his doing, but probably in large part due to the actions and the words of his father. No, you know, you think so? <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty in, in, in-depth analysis there, isn't it, yeah. Michelle? <laughs> you know, I, I hate it for him because yeah. Lonzo is such a good kid and he's very quiet. But because his dad just keeps talking, uh, he's making it harder on Lonzo because, you know, yeah, it, it's fine. You know, he had a rough game the first night out. You know, And, and Kentucky fans jumped all over him for that. Oh, absolutely. That's my, my <laughs> feeling is because they feel De- De'Aaron Fox got ripped off. They should have. He should have gotten that second pick. Yeah, I mean, and, and that that whole thing, just because of the simple fact that they played during the year, uh, they went head-to-head. Fox um, outplayed Lonzo, especially in the second game. Um, that, you know, the, the Kentucky fans are, you know, that they're still up in arms about that whole deal. Um, but, you know, I mean, Ball's an excellent player, um, and, and his dad just keeps chirping. So it's almost like the Floyd Mayweather effect, where everybody, you know, the only reason people are so excited about this McGregor 
uh, Mayweather fights because everybody wants to see Floyd get knocked out. <laughs> I think that's one of the big angles. And now it's the same thing with Lonzo Ball. Everybody wants to see Lonzo lose because his daddy keeps talking. I mean, it, it, once the season starts, LeVar Ball had the nerve to say <laughs> he thinks that Lonzo's going to step over Magic Johnson and become the greatest point guard in Lakers history. So when you continue to say that, everybody in the NBA is listening to this man talk. I mean, LeVar Ball has called out Shaq. He's called out Joel Embiid. He's called out all these great superstars saying, my son's going to be better than this. My kids are better than LeBron's kids. And they just, you know, that, that – the NBA superstars are going to go at Lonzo and try to destroy him every game because his dad keeps talking. I mean, it's, it's going to be rough for him. I, I think he's talented enough to be able uh, to do some things, but everybody's going to give Lonzo their best shot just to say that, you know what, you think you're so good, let me show you a little something. I mean, it's it, it's 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 gonna be, and, and he just he doesn't do anything like that. And that's the funny thing; he doesn't say yeah. He He's very soft spoken. Him, yeah. it, he had a, a very nice video on Father's Day. Do you see that? Oh yes, poking oh, yes. fun at, at the, the <laughs> lunacy of his father. I, I would argue Lonzo Ball is actually an intelligent man. Oh, I absolutely. mean, it, had he not spun this in a way that he said he could beat Michael Jordan. In his prime, (laughs) even though he played like, what, four minutes a game for some, uh, I don't even remember what college it was, didn't make the NBA, but absolutely insane thing. So regardless, you're right, and I really do like the parallel between Floyd Mayweather and now LeVar and Lonzo and the Ball family. People have been tuning in for years to watch, I think Shane Mosley will knock out Floyd Mayweather or Oscar De La Hoya or this or (laughs) Saul Canelo Alvarez. Right. He, he's the ultimate heel, and that's what I, I really like. Chael Sonnen, who's oh, a yeah. master of talking. Conor McGregor is kind of like that too. Although Conor's almost a a good guy type guy, right. you know, in a way, uh, especially against Floyd. But um, I like the parallel. I like the the comparisons of the Ball family to Floyd Mayweather. Keeping it here on a local, we're here in the Louisville area. Mm-hmm. Let's keep it local. The Utah Jazz defeated the Boston Celtics yesterday. Yes. Uh, Donovan Mitchell didn't have the greatest game of his his young NBA career, but he did have eight points, four steals, three rebounds, and one assist. What kind of player, Rashawn, do you see Donovan Mitchell being at the next level in the NBA? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Donovan is having an excellent summer league. He's averaging over uh, he's averaging over eighteen points per game so far uh, through his three games in Utah and his first game last night uh, in Vegas. Uh, he's playing really well, uh, you know, and, and the NBA folks are just buzzing about him because, uh, you know, it's very rare to find guys that are good two-way players early. And the fact that Donovan is putting up points – and he actually, I believe, last night versus – um, that they played against Portland, the Trailblazers. I believe he finished that game uh, with 19 points uh, in, in that game. Um, but, you know, the, the fact that he's coming out and showing the ability to put up points, especially for a team that just lost Gordon Hayward to free agency, um, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for Donovan. Um, he's going to get a lot of minutes. Uh, you know, when they talked to the uh, GM of the Utah Jazz, he said they plan to give Donovan a very long leash uh, you know, and they're going to expect for him to be able to go out there, play a lot of minutes, um, and, and just see see what he can do. Uh, I think that they that's 
huge for him that that they're going to give him that opportunity. Of course, University of Louisville has a little bit of history, um, you know, with the Utah Jazz. Of course, uh, Dr. Duncan Stein himself, Daryl Griffith, uh, you know, has his name up in the rafters uh, with the Utah Jazz. So I, I mean, D- Donovan seem they seem to love him. Uh, the the whole NBA is buzzing about him. Yeah, Donovan last night, even though he didn't shoot very well, he's eight of twenty six shooting, uh, but nineteen points, uh, two assists. Two rebounds, four steals. Uh, he's averaging almost four steals a game. I, I must be looking at the wrong box score. Then I'm looking at the Jazz versus the Celtics. Oh yeah, yeah. That was um, that that was their very first, I believe. You're uh, right. Okay, so let's see here. Saturday. You're right. I had the wrong one up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, so, so that that was the his game, his most recent game. Uh, Saturday, but I, but no, I mean he's he's playing, he's exceeding expectations. Outside of probably Jason Tatum, uh, the young man uh, out of Duke uh, who's uh, currently playing for the Celtics, Donovan may be the second most impressive of all the, the, the draftees so far. I mean, so that's huge for him. Uh, the Jazz organization seems to love him. Uh, you, you know, they got the opportunity to play together. Dante Exum, uh, as well as Donovan Mitchell, played in the Utah Summer League, and they expect for those two guys to kind of be the backcourt of the future for the Jazz. So, no, Donovan's set up for a lot of success, and Louisville fans, hopefully they'll be able to catch him somewhere. They don't play a lot of Jazz games on TV, so you'll have to find, uh, you know, either some internet streams or something to catch a lot of his games but he's gonna get a lot of time so that's awesome for him and that's also better you know great for University of Louisville to have players out there being showcased by NBA teams because that will help a ton in recruiting no no question um on the heels of Malcolm Malcolm Brogdon out of Virginia who yes. won the NBA Rookie of the Year? Was a second round pick. I didn't see. Yeah, I, I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> I, did, I really didn't either. I, 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 to be honest, I knew he was having a little bit above expected rookie season. Right. I didn't anticipate him win, winning Rookie of the Year. But what I think that tells us is Virginia is the epitome of a school that plays a certain style of college basketball, mm-hmm. and you don't quite know how that's going to. If you're you excel in that system, maybe you don't put up the most gaudy statistics, but then you jump to the NBA. And you, you carry over some of those things you learned in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's an entirely different game when you get to the next level. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's a different game. Uh, the, the skills that, that play in the NBA versus college are completely different. I mean, that's one of the reasons that, uh, you know, Dwayne Wade and uh, – and, um, Reese Gaines. Uh, Reese Gaines. <laughs> why, why will we always associate yeah, well, those two together? You know, because, <laughs> I mean, both of these guys were great – College players, you know, Reese Gaines was every bit as good as uh, Dwayne Wade in college. I but thought then he was definitely better. Once they got to the NBA, because the skill sets are different, because what it takes to excel at the NBA takes a different type of athleticism, that's when Dwayne Wade shined. And Reese Gaines, uh, you know, necessarily wasn't able to compete at that same level. He was okay in the NBA, but not nearly the player uh, that Dwayne Wade was. And I think that's uh, some of the things we see with a guy like Brogdon. And I think definitely Donovan Mitchell is going to have the, the chance to be a much better pro than he was a college player because of his quickness, because of his athleticism, because of his explosive. He can just do things and exploit the spacing in the NBA. I mean, in college, it's all about zone defense, especially against bigger teams. They're going to pack it in. They're not going to let you get into the paint. But in the NBA, it's all man-to-man defense. It's all pick and roll. And you can really, really take advantage of all that space and opportunity, which is why guys like Russell Westbrook are dominating the league, guys that have that explosiveness, that quickness, just like Dwayne Wade as well. And the other thing that goes into it is the fact that Malcolm Brogdon had the opportunity 
opportunity to play a lot of minutes. Uh, you know, when, once uh, Jabari Parker went down with his injury, Brogdon was getting a ton of minutes for the Bucks, and, and that's what Donovan's going to get with the Jazz. So you will see him in consideration for you know rookie All Star you know type of numbers. You'll, you'll get to see him maybe bring, bring you know get brought up in the conversation for Rookie of the Year because he's going to get a lot of minutes with the Jazz. Now that Hayward is gone, it really seems like the Jazz are looking to Donovan to be their next superstar. So that's awesome. I mean, Louisville has not had a player in that situation in a long, long time. I'm going to, and bear with me here, Rashawn, I'm going to group Donovan Mitchell in with some other players. Malcolm Brogdon, Mm -hmm. who in 2016 won the uh, National College Basketball Defensive Player of the Year Award. Draymond Mm -hmm. Green, who also played four years in college. You could argue in a day and age of uh, the NBA taking all these foreigners and young kids that um, a guy like Draymond Green or Malcolm Brogdon they really play the game the right way. They play defense, oh, yeah. and I think Donovan Mitchell, having come up under Rick Pitino, he doesn't let he doesn't so much let you slide unless you play defense. Well, look, look at those three guys you just mentioned: Brogdon, out of Virginia, defensive-minded head coach. Uh, you, you know, talk about Draymond Green, defensive-minded head coach, and Tom Izzo, and Donovan Mitchell, def- defensive-minded head coach, and Rick Pitino. Exactly. So, I mean, you, know, so you play for a, a a a great coach. I don't know that Tony Bennett will be in the Hall of Fame, but I, I wouldn't say it's out of the question. Right. Regardless, they are, He's are still great. Young. Co- yeah, exactly. They're great college coaches. You come up that way, you play in Donovan's case, obviously it was only three years. The other two guys were four. But you know how to play defense mm-hmm. and you emphasize defense. I would part of me wants to compare someone like Donovan Mitchell to maybe a James Harden, something like that. Could be. Uh, the, the difference there is Donovan's going to bring it on D. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is that, uh, you know, all three of those coaches demand defensive excellence. And, and the, the one thing that I always hear from folks is they don't play any defense at the NBA level. And, and I continue to let folks know, no, they play. You have to be able to the be good teams a do. great. Well, the thing is, is that you have to be a great individually individual defensive player to be even be considered in the NBA. The thing is, every there's so many great scorers that these guys are so good offensively that if you are not above average to very good defensively, that's I like it. You okay, cannot hang. And, and that's the thing that people kind of get mixed up is that they see the numbers that these guys put up. They see how great, you know, guys like Westbrook and Harden are and how many points are going up. They they mistake that for nobody plays defense. No, everybody plays great defense, but because of the rules, because of the spacing, because of today's NBA, I mean, it's very much a European style of ball now where the big guys have to be able to step out, shoot threes. Everything is pick and roll. Um, They want more scoring in the NBA, which is why they have the rules set up. So if you are not a great defensive player, you cannot make it at the NBA level. That's why guys like Rick Pitino, Tom Izzo, Tony Bennett, when they get these guys and teach them to play defense at that level, you have a chance to hang because if you don't play defense at that level unless you are just you know Cal Corver where you're just a guy who's going to hit 250 300 threes you're not going to make it in the NBA so I that, that's one of the things that I always even then for Corver though I would say Corver is known as kind of being a scrappy guy his hands he hits a lot of balls as guys drive by him right so right. he's not Taking I mean, the plays, he doesn't take plays off on defense. Absolutely, he doesn't have the athleticism you to make it all defense. You have to go hard all the time. If you're not giving maximum effort in the NBA defensively, you'll never make it. 
So yeah, I, I, I mean that that that's one of the that's probably one of the biggest misnomers. It's almost like when folks say, uh, you know, Coach Calipari is, it can't coach. You know, uh, even though oh, I like that you it, touched on a hot button there. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just, you have to keep everything you know relative. Everything is relative. Those guys, you know, defensively are the best defensive players in the world playing basketball. Yeah, it, it may look like everybody's scoring and nobody's playing D, but trust me, they they would go down and lock up any college. You know, player. Even Steph Curry. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and, and that's the thing is that you have to keep it, you have to keep it, you know, in, in perspective. Coach Calipari may not be, you know, the, the, the greatest X and O's coach, but I would say the man took UMass to the Final Four. If you can't coach, Massachusetts, there was no UMass before Coach Calipari got there. The man took him to a Final Four. They had a chance to win a championship. That's a great coach, especially because he wasn't getting the one-and-done talent. Yes, he had Marcus Camby, but look at the rest of the guys on his team. Sure. He had a couple of little foreign guys from Venezuela, uh, you know, and, and a couple of defensive guys, and Marcus Camby. And he took those guys to the Final Four. That's great coaching. So, you know, let's just keep it in perspective. Yes, things have changed now. Now, I'm not going to give Coach Cal a pass because, you know, of course – Yesterday, yeah, I, I had a feeling first, something was coming from he, that. He became <laughs> the first coach to lose a game for USA Basketball since 2011. So, you know, I, I was loving that yesterday. I was giving needling in on Twitter. But needless to say, Coach Calipari is a great coach. He may not be the, you know, the best of the best, but he's very, very good. So we just have to keep things in context, people. <laughs> Tell me what you think about that, because I saw the Twitter sphere. I saw people tweeting, oh. Louisville fans tweeting, thank God uh, Romeo got to see <laughs> this side of Coach Cal. Things like that. What are your thoughts on how much can you read into a disappointing loss for Team USA yes. and a underperformance by the team coached by Cal? How much How much stock can you give to those type of critics? Well, well, this young man, R.J. Barrett from Canada, apparently is, is a very, very good player. He destroyed Team USA in that game. 38 points, I believe 12 rebounds. I mean, he just absolutely um, killed you, uh, Team USA. And, and the one thing I'll say about it is you have to understand that this – class coming in. Everybody sees these rookies from last year. They see Lonzo Ball. Uh, they see Josh Jackson. Uh, they see Jason T or, uh, you know, Jason Tatum and all, how great that recruiting class was. I continue to tell folks, the freshman class incoming this year with Hamadou Diallo, uh, with P.J. Washington, uh, you know, w with uh, all the guys coming in all around the country, this recruiting class is not one of the stronger groups okay this is probably one of the weakest groups talent wise in the probably the last 10 years so it doesn't surprise me that team usa lost um because i don't think that they have the overriding talent um so that you have to just keep it in perspective once again i think that if coach calipari was coaching uh you know J jason tatum and those guys last year uh, at the U19 team, and he had guys like Montrez Harrell and guys like, uh, you know, Jaleel Okafor and, and some of the other U19 teams that we've seen play over the last several years, I think he would have been fine. But this group is not as talented. They don't shoot it necessarily well. They aren't as physically dominant and don't have necessarily the elite size or athleticism that some of these other recruiting classes have had. And I think it just showed on the court. Yeah, they're still very good basketball players, but that's why I caution everybody. Coach Calipari is going to have if he can get you know a, a have another 28 and 4 type of season 
with this team this year, bringing in seven freshmen, uh, basically only having um, you know a, a couple of of players that that you know come back there. What, what Winion Gabriel uh, is, is going to be one of the returning guys. Uh, you know, going to be one of the only guys that actually played that minutes actually played at, in, in January. Yes, you know, I, if he can get this team to that type of record, close to thirty wins. It will be his greatest coaching job because I, I don't think that Kentucky is going to have the talent to be able to dominate. Yeah, they got they have the number one recruiting class, but if your recruiting class, if the talent's not that great, Kentucky lost everything from last year. They lost almost all their scoring, almost all their rebounding. So to be able to come back, if they are able to win at that level, it will be Cal's greatest job because I just don't think the recruiting class as a whole, I know – uh, Michael Porter Jr., uh, the young man going to Missouri, he's going to be very, very good. Um, uh, th- there's a uh, point guard um, out of Alabama uh, that I think is going to be very, very good. Uh, you know, I-, I think that he will have a chance or an opportunity to be a one-and-done type player. But, I, th- th- Kelly, there may only be one or two one-and-dones in this class, possibly. Wow, wow. Uh, unless, unless there are some guys that kind of rise up that people don't expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a, you know, I mean, there were, what, a, 10 out of 11 one-and-dones drafted, uh, you know, in the NBA draft this year. That's not going to happen. I think that was year. a record. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not even close. You're talking about one or two. Maybe three that I can't. I couldn't think of who it would be right now. Um, but I don't think this is going to be an overriding. You know, the freshmen aren't going to come in and do- dominate college basketball like they have the last couple of years and have all these wow moments. You know, the, the Lonzo Balls, the Aaron Foxes, the Malik Monks. It's just not a class like that. So we'll have to wait and see. But that's what I would caution Kentucky fans is to. This is going to be a class where maybe Coach – everybody talks about the fact that Coach Calipari loses too many kids because too many guys leave every year. Everybody from this team may come back for a second season. I mean, Hamadou Diallo is a great athlete. We heard about how great he was in terms of putting up great athletic numbers during the NBA Draft Combine. But that doesn't necessarily mean you can play basketball. I've seen guys who yeah. can jump out the gym and shoot the ball over the top of the backboard. So, you know, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see. I would caution that. So I don't necessarily think it was a shock. It's shocking for other people to see that Team USA lost a game. But it doesn't surprise me at all because I understand that the talent level is just not there. And the talent level in Canada is really high. Absolutely. I mean, you look across the league, you got, I mean, I could list, you go on and on, Andrew Wiggins, Trey Lyles. I mean, that's just off the top of my head. Oh, you know, yeah. there's plenty of guys from Canada in the league right now. Absolutely. Once again, the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line is 502-384-1450. Give us a call. Get in on the action this morning. We're going to head to the Buzz Line now. We have our man Brian the Insider on the line with us. How are you this morning, Brian? I'm doing great, gentlemen. Great show you got going. Uh, love talking about it. I-, I do think you're giving Cal a pass. I mean, uh, uh, it's, uh, you know, the, uh, the talent level may not be there, or maybe, we don't know for sure, but I know one thing, there's more talent on USA roster than any other, and Canada might have had the best player, but that doesn't win you games, and I would not be surprised if they lose at 10 o'clock today in the bronze game, so, uh, uh, and I wanted to see if you guys heard anything about uh, Romeo's father, supposedly a little upset. Uh, with the way his son was handled with the back problem. Uh, didn't appreciate the way Cal handled that, and uh, I would be shocked to find out Romeo uh, goes to Kentucky. 
Yeah, wow. you know what, Brian, uh, and, and you make a good point there. I mean, it, it's been interesting, the fact, first of all, the fact that Romeo made the Team USA, and then it seemed like once he made the team, he wasn't getting any time, and I know they talked about uh, the, the back injuries or issues. I, I don't know, um, you know, if this was just Calipari making a decision that, hey, I'm only going to play him minutes, they, you know, here or there. If he was having any type of issue before the start, you know, before the tournament started, I don't even know why Romeo would have made the team unless Cal just wanted to bring that young man over so he could try to recruit him. Uh, so, you know, it's been interesting to watch that. I definitely don't think that um, it did him any favors as far as making Kentucky a destination for him. The fact that Romeo was not playing a lot of minutes. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. But I think Louisville fans should be happy uh, that Romeo wasn't necessarily at his best because I don't think this trip has made Kentucky any more favorable in his eyes, definitely. No, I agree, but uh, but going back, and I won't beat a dead horse, be interesting to hear Gary's, uh, uh, but you know, this is the first time uh, the United States, in, in, in any category, in six years, hasn't won a men's or a woman's gold. So, I mean, this isn't just a regular, you know, oh boy, we didn't win it, no big deal. This is a big deal when the United mm -hmm. States doesn't win a gold in basketball, because they have the best talent. There could have been you could have taken the you could have taken this second ten team, in my opinion, and put Rick there or another coach, and they'd have won it. So, uh, and, and for for Louisville fans, it, like they say all along, thank God Cal can't coach, or there'd be all kind of banners hanging it up uh, because <laughs> the talent's been there, and it, it, you know it's it, it, you know roll the ball out, dribble drive. Uh, I'll do a. Uh, uh, what's that called? A tweak? Let me tweak it. <laughs> All this stuff is BS, man. I mean, you, you need the X's and O's. You need to play defense. You need to have uh, guys planned perfectly. And uh, fortunately for Louisville and the rest of college basketball, Cal is a great recruiter. He's a great leader of that program. He's got a lot of great attributes. He's a great marketer. Uh, he just can't. He's not a very good coach. I mean, uh, so uh, that, without putting all that together and, and – uh, It'd be interesting to hear what your fans said. Hey, a lot going on in other sports, guys. We've got the, the Tour de France on. We've got Wimbledon on. I watched some great horse racing. Belmont had a great racing yesterday. Uh, they had uh, Minor Biscuits is looking like maybe the best uh, sprinter in the country. So uh, I know it's slow in a lot of areas, but uh, the Tour de France and Wimbledon is really uh, taking the national stage. Good stuff there from our man Brian the Insider. Brian, as always, we appreciate your input. Have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you very much, Brian. Hey, one last thing, guys. Sure. Have you seen that Donovan Mitchell? I mean, extremely impressive in the summer league. I'll leave you with that, but uh, great show, guys. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely appreciate it, Brian. And no, that you know, as we talked about earlier, Donovan is tearing it up. He's he's showing, uh, you know, the the ability to do some things both offensively and defensively, and shooting the ball. Uh, I know he didn't have his best shooting game last game, but coming out of the Utah Summer League, he was shooting um, fifty percent from three point range. I mean, so Donovan has even taken his shooting. When you talk about the longer line, the the NBA three-point line coming over from college. The fact that Donovan is shooting the NBA three at a higher percentage than he shot the college three just kind of speaks to his work ethic, the, the fact that he's putting in a ton of work. He looks so much more confident as a shooter from a kid that could not shoot coming out of high school, and that was his biggest knock. To be this good of a shooter that quickly, I think everybody's excited about his potential right now.
What do you think of the comparison between Donovan Mitchell potentially thriving in the NBA to one Terry Rozier, who his biggest attribute while here in Louisville was not shooting. Right. But he has developed. He's continued to develop. He's he's picked up that very intense work ethic. Yes. And it seems Danny Ainge, if anybody values Terry Rozier, it is, appears that they let Avery Bradley go. They, I mean, they, Absolutely. they value Terry Rozier in Boston. Absolutely. I think that was um, – that even shocked me, the fact that Avery Bradley, a young man who I really felt was becoming – Maybe not the best player on the Celtics team, but definitely the most versatile player as far as being a guy who can both score and lock down on the perimeter. The fact that they traded, of course, that they made the big deal to send uh, um, Avery Bradley to Detroit uh, for Marcus Morris, um, you know, to, to alleviate some uh, cap room so they could sign Gordon Hayward to a max contract. Uh, the fact that they made that move kind of spoke to the fact that uh, they really believe that Terry Rozier um, is the future, um, you know, as far as being a perimeter lockdown defender, uh, you know, and, and the fact that he's going to be kind of the basically the number one guy off the bench uh, for the Celtics this upcoming year. And when you have a kid who's going to once again be in the spotlight and have an opportunity to get a lot of minutes, uh, that's huge for the University of Louisville. And I think that Terry Rozier, a lot like Donovan Mitchell, has that work ethic, he, the, the want to get better. He's going to continue to stay in the gym and keep improving. And I think Coach uh, Patino has, um, you know, started to find these guys and get those players that are NBA talented in terms of their athleticism, their quickness, but maybe they have a deficiency that they need to work on. They talk about Brian Bowen, the, the McDonald's All-American that made the late commitment to Louisville, a young man that has some NBA aspirations, has some size, has some talent. Maybe he needs to work on a few different things. Coach Patino has gotten into a groove of finding the best of the other guys. Maybe they're not the one-and-done type of kids, but they're that second cut, the guys that have the NBA talent but they probably need a little bit of maturity a little bit of uh you know fine tuning and refinement and coach patino is getting the best of those when you look at these kids that he has coming in this year guys like darius perry like malik williams like brian bowen all these guys uh, jordan nora all these guys are very you know talented young men but they probably need a couple of years to get the best out of them and, and i think it's been huge for coach patino i mean he's having a golden a in terms of his recruiting and bringing in his best players at the you know the twilight of his career, so I mean Louisville fans have got to be excited about that. I mean it, it's it's huge for Louisville. Um, the more that these guys play, the more that you see Montrez Harrell out there playing, you know his big dunks. Donovan Mitchell out there, people are talking about him. Terry Rozier, people are talking about him. Gorgie, Gorgie Zhang, what he's doing now that Minnesota Timberwolves with the moves that they've made, they're going to probably make a big jump uh, in the Western Conference to, to maybe one of the you know four or five best teams in the Western Conference, and Gorgie's going to be at the center of that. That's what Louisville needs. People talk about why is Louisville not getting the the Romeo Langfords? Why are they? Why you know does Kentucky keep, keep getting these kids? The reason why is because Kentucky has a a ton of players, as you talked about earlier, Kelly, in the NBA. And that's where players want to see. They want to see guys. How long did, did Louisville go where they didn't have anybody? I mean, you had Francisco Garcia. Yep. And Earl, that was Earl pre- Clark, maybe. You know, Earl Clark for a little bit. Yep. T-, T. Will couldn't stay out of his own way. Nope. But you didn't have a strong presence in the NBA. And, and I think that's the biggest thing. When Louisville had their heyday in the 80s, the reason why – you know, Denny Crum was uh, able to back up recruiting class after re- recruiting class. It's because from 1972 until uh, 86, 
He had kids in the NBA. He had guys that were going into the NBA. Kids haven't changed. They want to go to places where they can you know, have a chance to play in the pros. It doesn't matter whether it was the 70s, 80s, 90s, or today. They, you know, When you have great players in the league, kids saw that Daryl Griffith was in the league. You know, Kids saw uh, you know, that Rodney McRae was in the league. They, they saw that you, know, you could go to Louisville and that could help you make that jump. And that's what Louisville has now, and I think you're going to continue to see an excellent recruiting class. When you talk about Anthony Simons, you talk about Courtney Ramey, the possibility of adding a Romeo Langford, as well as another nice big man. Louisville's going to have another excellent recruiting class next year, and I think that it's because you're starting to have this NBA presence. So don't expect for Rick Pitino to slow down. You know, they can talk about banners being pulled <laughs> I was gonna and, say, yes. and all that stuff, you're- but while all that backdrop of everything bad is going on Louisville could not be in a better situation in terms of moving forward as a basketball program where they're headed it's very exciting as much and you touched on a couple things that I want to head to a break and then come back and get to but one of them being the potential for the banner coming down the sanctions all the yes uh the scandal that has clouded this Louisville team if I I never hear that woman's name again it'll be too soon oh However, Rick Pitino appeared to double down when handling with all of that. And he said, guys, I want to let you know I'm here for the long run. I'm not retiring. I'm not going anywhere. As much as my critics, and I'm paraphrasing, as much as my critics, and I think maybe he was talking to the local media and Kentucky fans, as much as they would like to see me just retire and go off in the sunset, because that is what Kentucky fans want, is they just want Rick to retire. He said, I'm not only going to win one more title, I'm going to win two more titles. <laughs> multiple. I like multiple. it. Yes, he multiple. said multiple. So yes. you got to love Rick, who <laughs> has not appeared in the twilight of Denny's career. I love Denny. He, he, he seemed like he, maybe he lost a little bit of fire. He was gone fishing. He was fishing. He, he, <laughs> did, he didn't quite recruit as much, and he, 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 you wouldn't see him on the sideline with fire in his eyes like oh, you do no. Rick Patino. Rick Patino almost appears to get a little bit more intense I as like, he ages. Well, you got to think about it. You know, when he when Rick Patino was motivated, he had kind of fallen into a lull. That's why I said I love the fact that John Calipari went to Kentucky because it motivated Patino to get off his butt and start recruiting at that level that you need to to be successful. And I like when when the detractors come out and the haters come out, that's when Rick Patino shines. We are the Weekend Sports Buzz. I'm Kelly Patrick alongside Rashawn Myers. Be sure to stay tuned. We'll be right back with more. Let me tell you, baby, what you mean to me. When you get tight, you're all right. But hot pain, see. I need them. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, WXVW. 
I'm Kelly Patrick alongside my man Rashawn Myers. Before the break, Rashawn, I teased. I said we were going to talk about not only the development of Brian Bowen that you had brought up, but also, and I hate to say it, the pending sanctions and additional possible punitive action. I know that that Louisville is looking to um, contest this, uh, the ruling, the overly harsh, even Jay Billis had said, Dick Vitale had said, uh, they thought the, the ruling by the NCAA was heavy-handed and was unprecedented to vacate all those wins and everything. Every, basically, they said that everybody who was deemed ineligible retroactively, Rashawn, all those games would be wiped out, which would include the national championship. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, the, the NCAA, um, they, they went above and beyond, in my opinion, their right – uh, you know that the, they went, they made rulings, uh, and I know this is a. It, it was a very interesting case. I know that it had ne- nobody had ever seen anything like this before. When you're talking about, uh, you know, prostitute strippers, blah 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 blah. Everybody knows it. We've heard it like eighty <laughs> eighty five thousand times. Part of me honestly hates to bring it up, I know, Rashawn. I, I hate just, it. Just but, so you know, but you're in here. You're, you're as credible of a, a Louisville source as there is, in my opinion. Absolutely. And uh, and, and so I, I we got to discuss we, it. At we least we a do, bit. And, and I and I think the thing is this is that. Um, I, the NCAA has made a point to, you know, pretty much do whatever they want to. I mean, that there's never any precedent set in terms of how they go about ruling. They can go, you know, heavy versus one program. They can go light versus another program. They depended on who's making the rulings will depend on how things go. Um, you know, and I think because they're apparently, and this is something I did not know, there was a very large female presence. Um, as part of the um, the the board to review this whole situation with the NCAA, okay. and they really, really, really didn't like what happened. And I think that because there was a very large female contingent uh, with the NCAA's um, uh, committee on infractions that was taking a look at this, that I think that's one of the reasons why they hit so hard. My only issue was that it seemed like. The NCAA was picking and choosing from different parts of the rules and trying to reason that, okay, well, we're going to pull this part from this rule over here, um, and that's why we're going to hit you, uh, you know, hard on this side. But then we're going to take a little piece from these rules over here so we can also try to pull wins and, and do this, that, and the third. And, and I that's where my issue is, is that they're not following their own rule book and their standards for um, you know, finding and, and laying down punishment, and they're just kind of creating it. And, and I, I have an issue with that because, um, you know, when Louisville is arguing, okay, well, if you're going to talk about these guys are going to be, um, you know, ineligible, and we're going to pull all these wins because of them getting, um, you know, ben- extra benefits, then when Louisville says, well, these benefits don't rise monetarily to the point of being able to vacate wins, and they say, well, it was in really poor taste, so that's why we can do that. Well, you can't pull and utilize the rules for extra benefits to suit your purpose on one end, but then on the other end say, but, okay, we're going to you know, pull wins because of it being extra extra benefits, but we're not going to follow the law of, okay, you know, when, when you talk about extra benefits, it's about monetary money given to players. My question is this. We all know, and the recruits said, that they got money, okay? They got $50, $60, $70, whatever, to give to these girls. That's fine and good. Is there any proof that, you know, because if they're going to say that, you know, everybody says, even though they haven't brought out the names yet, that Russ Smith, 
uh, Shane Behannon, uh, you know, and Montrez Harrell were, were the three guys that were at these parties. Is there any proof that those guys got any money? I understand that the girls were there. I understand that there was a party there. But unless the NCAA knows for a fact that Andre McGee gave those guys money to give to those girls, there's no proof that there was any money exchanging hands. Now, you can have, be there for the party. The girls can be in the dorm. But that's not necessarily proof that they actually received funds. Okay, I mean, so the NCAA is just kind of making it up as they go along, and, and I think that's a slippery slope because you you're not following any sort of precedent. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens once they go to the appeals committee and they look at that to see how the appeals committee rules. I know that it's a different group of folks uh, that review the appeals, so how they review, you know, how they determine and dictate what is extra benefits, what is cause for wins to be vacated. I mean, the NCAA is basically saying, well. We know that this was only, you know, $5,600 in benefits given out, but because the University of Louisville wasn't able to pay that money back, we're just going to back out all those wins because they never had the chance to become eligible again. And it's like you can't because the NCAA has literally never done that before. To, to be able to go out there and say that we're going to apply this rule now it's just odd. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, and the NCAA is kind of making it up as they go along to kind of fit their argument. And I think that just sets up for a very slippery slope because you don't have the power to be able to mandate what you're talking about. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, you know, we've had uh, Larry Wilder on our show. Uh, of course, Katina Powell's attorney. We've had him on several times on the Main Event Sports Show uh, to kind of talk about um, you know, Katina and her place in this. And Larry Wilder uh, has come forward with a lot of, uh, uh, you know, Katina didn't think it was going to be this bad, and she was just trying to come out and just let folks know what was going on and this, that, and the third. Uh, but it's a mess. It's it's an absolute mess for the university. It's an absolute mess uh, for, uh, you know, the fans. Everybody's tired of hearing about it. I mean, you're looking at uh, just a very, very – I mean, Andre McGee, his career is is over with. I mean, it's this has not come out well for anybody. Katina Powell, from all intents and purposes, can never – you know, uh, come back to Louisville and have a normal existence in, in the city that she loves. Neither can Andre McGee. <laughs> and Andre McGee can never come back. And this is a young man who, uh, you know, has was a part of Louisville and did a lot of good things at the University I of loved his style on the court. He, uh, he played bulldog defense. Him, he and, was him and Jerry Smith were two physical Absolutely. little guards that would really D guys up. I really did enjoy his style I mean, on the floor, but now uh, he's blackballed. Yeah, I mean, it's just... It's it's unfortunate. It's very unfortunate for everyone who has anything to do with the University of Louisville. And I I have no what no idea what's going to happen in terms of the appeal. I don't know if it's going to matter. Um, you know what happens. I think that because you have the nature of the infractions, yes. is why everybody's going overboard with it. But my I, all I can say is that I don't think that you can just say, well, we're just going to do whatever we want and we're just going to hammer you just because we don't like the situation. Because I will point out that the University of Miami also had they, 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 they had prostitutes. They, they had did. parties on boats. They, they were paying players. They were paying coaches. They were doing all types of things. And for the University of Louisville to hit, get hit exactly as hard as they hit Miami for much less infractions, much less issues going on, not nearly the amount of money being doled out for the universe. The only difference between the sanctions that Miami got and Louisville got Miami football got versus Louisville basketball is the fact that Louisville only had one postseason ban. Miami had two years postseason ban. 
So where's the, you know, you can't have precedent. A, a, the, exactly. It doesn't make any sense that Miami can have, you know, these parties and these prostitutes and this, that, and the third, as well as paying multiple players, paying all these coaches off, but both of their fines are exactly the same. It doesn't make any sense. Now, there's another comparison I'm going to get to, but first I want to head to the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line, which is once again 502 384 1450. We're going to head to the Buzz Line. We got our man Marcus on the line with us. How are you this morning, Marcus? What do you have for us? Well, uh, I've been listening for a while because I, I heard a rumor that Rashawn was going to be on. <laughs> and I always think he does a good job. I enjoy his commentary. But I have to say that the idea that the NCAA can't do whatever it wants or, has to, or is, is held to a standard where things have to make sense is completely absurd. They are a renegade organization that's voluntary participation, which is always their argument. You don't have to belong to the NCAA. You can go your own way. But if you submit yourself to their membership, then they can do whatever they want. And I, and I want to give you, and I know as soon as your school gets hit by the NCAA, everybody becomes an expert on, you know, other teams and why were we treated this way? Why did they get this and why did we get that? But I'm going to give you, just for starters, one little short example. My school, years ago, had a player, it wasn't during recruiting, he was already going to school there, right? And he had a blow-up season in his sophomore year and a couple of people went to his mother without his knowledge and said, hey, listen, you don't live in a very good neighborhood. Here's what we want to do. We own a house in a really nice neighborhood, and we're going to let you live there. And when he graduates, we want you to put in a good word because we want to be his agents. Now, the player had no idea that any of this stuff went off. Right. Because of that, the NCAA came in and said, oh, my God, we're going to vacate this. We lost 40 scholarships over a three-year period crippled the program, all kinds of punishment, yada, 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 yada. It's the most egregious case of abuse of power I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Big abuses, high-priced attorneys, guess what it resulted in? Nothing. We served the penalty. <clears throat> we got screwed. That's the way it goes. And, and you know what? Part of it was the exact same thing they said about Patino. They said our coach should have known. How the hell is the coach going to know when the player doesn't know? <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> right? Absolutely. <laughs> so, you just got to let it go. You're going to get screwed. The truth of the matter is, the NCAA has been doing this crap for 40 years. Oh, we're going to vacate this and take down that. We all know who won those games. Okay? 20 years from now, when people look this stuff up online, it's going to say, who are the 2012 Final Four? And Louisville's name is going to be in there, and some people are going to put an asterisk next to it and say later, later vacated by NCAA nonsense. Right? That's it. Yeah. You know what the hottest selling thing is on on uh, Fanatics.com has been over the last two weeks? What's that? Louisville 2013 championship gear. Wow. They don't have anything left. Wow. That they had a bunch of it left. I went on and bought two myself. Even though you guys know I'm not a big Louisville fan, you know, you're going you're gonna to take something away that I think everybody in town is a protest for 30 days after that happens. 
should wear stuff that says 2013 NCAA champions. Okay, yeah. Because they are, and it doesn't matter what we say after the fact, that's who won the game. Marcus, as always, we appreciate your insight into everything in the world of sports. Before we let you go, anything else you want to chime in on? Hey, listen, i got to tell you, one of the best things I ever heard on Sports Talk Radio was on your channel a couple of days ago when that T.J. Wilson, is that his name? T.J. Walker, the sports talker. T.J. Walker was absolutely lambasting that, that John Ramsey jackass. Right? I mean, that was some of the best stuff I've ever heard. What was so great about it? Well, his analysis wasn't just, John Ramsey's a jerk. I know 20 guys that work with John Ramsey. None of them ever had a good word to say about their experience. It wasn't just that sort of personal thing. He also went into analyzing Ramsey's so-called analysis of Louisville, and I thought the funniest thing, the best thing of all, was he basically laid out at the end of the season when New Louisville got upset by Kentucky, John Ramsey just basically went on the air and said, oh, Patino's a great coach, John George knows what he's doing, the ball didn't bounce our way, we'll beat LSU by 30. That's not analysis. That's just a homer jerk that's drunk sitting in the upper deck of Cardinal <laughs> Stadium going, ah, Kentucky got lucky. We'll get him next time, right? No, that's, that's, okay. that's real. Well, as always, like I said. Yeah, I mean, you got John Ramsey going on, and, and he's got these Twitter followers, apparently, that twit out lies that say, oh, he, he's got the number one sports talk show in the city, which, you know, he pulled up the ratings on whatever that company is that actually does your all's ratings. And showed, you know, that his show has never been number one. <laughs> and that's just a complete lie. And, you know, I, I, I don't know John Ramsey. I've never met the guy. But if that's your excuse for analysis, that reminds me of Kentucky fans that I run into in bars all the time who actively root against Louisville and think they're going to the Final Four every year. Okay. You know, that's, that's not considered thought. That's just rambling on stupidity. Okay. As as always, Marcus, we appreciate your insight. We Absolutely. will we we're we're up against the break. We'll get to that and more. Marcus, have a great rest of your weekend. Same to you. Good stuff there. But Marcus <laughs> sure does bring the heat. I love it. I love it. And, and you know what? I just want to go out there and say that John Ramsey does not represent the thoughts and opinions of all of Card Nation. He is his own person. I don't even necessarily uh, you know, like his style per se. I don't agree with everything he says. Um, I don't like fanboy radio. I never have. People say that I'm just the biggest Louisville homer. Whatever you know, whatever. I try to give credit where credit's due. Um, but you know, everybody does their own thing. People love that shtick. They love Matt Jones. Matt Jones is one of the smartest basketball guys I've ever talked to. I mean, he's turned into this UK blowhard homer, but I listened to him when he worked for Dugan Ryan before, Mm -hmm. when he had just a sports show, um, when Dugan used to run ESPN Radio here in in the city. One of the best radio shows I ever heard, and it was not UK blowhard takes. It was just good analysis. So, I mean, 
everybody's doing their whole little stick and their little carrying on. That's fine and good, um, but it's it's all entertainment, man. It's all entertainment. If people want to hear John Ramsey talk about the number one sports show, hey, we talk about on Main Event Sports Show. We're the number one sports show. Get, we give a quick plug, Rashawn. We're, we're, we're number one in Bucharest. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> There's somewhere where we're number one, but of course, the Main Event Sports Show, man, uh, you know, we, we come to you live every Saturday. Uh, you can check us out, MainEventSports.com, or check us uh, at ME Sports um, on Twitter. Uh, so, you know, definitely check us out. We're, we're doing a lot of good things. We do, of course, focus a lot on boxing, MMA, uh, Real Deal Promotions, of course, had a huge event a couple weeks ago. Evander Holyfield has kind of worked um, very closely with us on a lot of things going on with that. Well, they actually have another fight coming up uh, pretty soon that they're mm-hmm. going to be making an I heard Evander was so. actually in town a couple days ago. Yes. Again. So, yes. I mean, it's huge that they've wanted to hitch their wagon to uh, the city of Louisville, the home of the greatest Muhammad Ali. Um, so, you know, make sure you just check out us and, and everything you're doing. You can just go to Google Play or iPhone App Store and download keyword main event sports. Okay. We've got another another hour ahead of us, so be sure to stay tuned. Uh, my man Rashawn Myers, myself Kelly Patrick, will be back with more of the weekend sports buzz. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, WXVW. In studio with my man Rashawn Myers. Uh, got plenty to get to in this second hour. I know at the end of the first hour we touched on a couple, what I would say are hot-button topics. And I want to elaborate a little bit. Um, I, I don't think, John, you know, John Ramsey and Andy Sweeney is what T.J. Walker was talking about. They've had a little bit of a rival lately. I don't think Ramsey's necessarily a bad guy. Oh, not at all. Not at all. John Ramsey, of course, you know, his claim to fame is, of course, being the, the best friend of Muhammad Ali, the greatest of all time. Uh, he's a good guy. He loves the University of Louisville. Like I said, I, I'm not big into his his style of, of radio, which mm-hmm. is just kind of that whole Homer radio thing. But, you know, that there's a market for it. I'm okay with it. You know, like I said, I, I've always been considered one of the, uh, you know, more red – devoted types of guys but i always try to be as uh fair as i can be i, I love poking fun at the university of kentucky just like anybody but i i try to be fair when it when i can and that's why i give john calipari all the credit i love what he does with these young guys getting them the opportunity to be able to you know make their dreams come true 
I have a chance to go to the NBA. I'm always appreciative of, of that and what he does. I think that what he does at the University of Kentucky is rare. Uh, the fact that people talk about he can't coach. But you know what? Kentucky's always good. And I've seen a lot of programs, including Washington, including Arizona. LSU. Uh, LSU. The list goes on that, and on. That gets a ton of players. And guess what? They don't win. Sure. So, they don't so even make the tournament. They don't even make the tournament. So when you talk about John Calipari and what he's doing at Kentucky, it's amazing. Uh, so I give him all the credit in the world. I'll never detract uh, you know, and take away. Now, I, now don't give me wrong when they lose like team usa did i'm gonna <laughs> i'm going to give them the business over it but i will never just come out and openly hate on any program including kentucky there's a lot of kentucky players that i enjoy watching i love anthony davis uh you know he's one of my favorite players there's been a lot of guys through the years at uk that i've loved so i, I don't do the blow hard everything in kentucky is terrible and everything at louisville is great because it's just not reality sure Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzzline is 502-384-1450. We're going to head to the Buzzline now. we got our man Blue is on the line with us. How are you this morning, Blue? Oh, I'm doing good. Hey, hey, uh, Kelly. Um, hey, Rashawn, you must have known, uh, you must have seen my name coming up. <laughs> man, because, man, I've never heard you speak this, this nice group of Calipari, man. I mean, uh, he really wow, did, he man. Didn't, he really didn't. Hey, 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 let me say this. Let me say a couple things. Uh, when I first tuned in this morning, I could have sworn it was John Calipari hey, show me. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> he can't coach. Hey, hey Rashawn, you, you said you liked that yesterday when they lost you. You were texting having a lot of fun. <laughs> that's still a grin off your face, man. Hey, hey, the previous games, they won the average of 40 points. Were you texting having fun? Man, no. Hey, you know what? I, all I wanted to I wanted to watch and see how those young guys were doing. I wanted to see Hamadou Diallo and see what his numbers looked like. I wanted to see if yeah. Romeo Langford was going to be able to play. But it was going to be interesting because I knew that the talent level for this group um, was not necessarily as high as it has been over the last several years. Right. So I knew there was an opportunity for Team USA to lose. I don't think it has anything to do with Coach Cal. I don't care if it would have been Coach K or Rick Pitino or anybody. I mean, I just don't. Hey. Think exactly. that this group was as strong as in previous years, so I think Coach Cal is going to get knocked for it. I'm doing it just because you have to needle <laughs> the Kentucky fans, but at the end of the day, I don't think it's necessarily Coach Cal's fault. I just think that the the, the um the difference between the teams and the talent difference is just not there with this group. So, I mean, just like Brian the Insider said earlier, I think there's a chance that Team USA may lose the bronze medal game, and that's not going to mean Coach Calipari can't coach. I just think that th these other teams, the talent disparity is not as big. You don't have a Jason Tatum in this group. You don't have a Jalil Okafor. You don't have a, you know, a Justice Winslow. You don't have those guys that were just super, super talented. And Aaron Gordon. You know, we've seen these Team USA under-19 teams be dominant. I mean, think about it, Blue. When you had Montrez Harrell, you had Jaleel right. Okafor, you had Justice Winslow, you had a monstrous team a few years ago. This this USA basketball team just doesn't have that. So, I mean, I don't think it's a knock on Cal. I know people are going to try to put that on him, but at the end of the day, oh, yeah, I, cool. I, I think he's doing fine. But Hamadou Diallo, that's going to be one guy that, you know, for you yourself, the Kentucky fans need to, to just kind of relax and let this young man. I don't even necessarily think it's a guarantee that Hamadou is going to be a one and done. I know he put his name in the draft, um, but looking at his numbers overall, he's only shot two of ten from three-point range in international play. Um, I, I, he's had some great highlights, but everybody just needs to let this Kentucky team 
take their time. Coach Calipari is going to have his work cut out for him this year, man. I mean, it's it's a very young team. I don't necessarily think there's a Malik Monk or Bam Adebayo or a De, uh, De'Aaron Fox with this group. I think that they will be good in time, but they may take some knocks along the way. I agree with you. Hey, hey, Rashawn, since you said that, I'll ease up on you, man. But, uh, but to the caller, Brian, hey, Brian, take a picture of that banner, man. You hollering about uh, the great players that we've had. Do you think Steve Kerr and the NBA is a great, great coach? Because if that's the case, why haven't they won in four years in a row? I mean, they've been the best team. My point is what you said, Rashawn, it's not always about coaches, not the players. I'm 64 years old, man, and I remember years back. Coach said, it's not up to me to win the games. It's for you all to execute. That's all they can really do, man. I mean, come on, let's be fair about it. So, so if you, you're right, Rashawn. It's not the players, the talent. So, so I, I agree pretty much with that. I, pre- I appreciate oh, oh, that. Oh, one other thing before I go. Uh-huh. Uh, V.J. King. Now, last year he had aspirations of being one and done. Yes. So this year I'm hearing Brian Bourne. What do you think, Rashawn? Enjoy your show, Kelly. Thanks, man. Hey, I appreciate it, Blue. Good stuff, as always, from Blue. Uh, and, and I'm going to tell Louisville fans the same thing that I'm telling Kentucky fans about this group. I think Brian Bowen is a very talented young man, but don't expect for him to come in and be a one-and-done. I, I just don't think that the talent level in this group is that high. I think that Bowen has a lot of nice measurables. I mean, you know, he's a kid, you know, 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, he can handle it. He can play multiple positions. Coach Patino said he can actually play a little point guard. Um, so I, I think that he's a, a very talented player, but I think it would be unfair uh, to try to put that on him. Now, the 2018 class, uh, when you talk about Romeo Langford and you talk about some of these other players um, coming out next year, I think that you will have uh, some guys in that group that have that one-and-done potential. But I think Brian Bowen will be a nice player for the University of Louisville. I know Coach Patino uh, came out and talked about the fact that Bowen is pushing for a starting spot. Of course, you have to put the caveat on that um, that um, Anas Mahmoud is hurt right now. So he was basically naming a starting five, including Bowen, because Mahmoud is not playing. So he had uh, Ray Spalding playing center and then Bowen along with, uh, of course, uh, Snyder and Adele. Snyder and Adele and VJ King. Yep. Uh, naming that group, but once once uh, you know what comes a Rick Pitino lineup even once Mahmoud comes yeah. back, man, he will be the starter. But I think that Bowen will be a nice player. He'll come in, he'll have some moments, but I have to see these guys. I, I will not trust anything that I see with Malik Williams or Darius Perry, um, you know, or Jordan Nor or Brian Bowen until I see these guys actually play. I personally thought that at the Derby Classic um, that Lance Thomas to me, look like one of the most ready-to-play-now type of guys because he's already an excellent rebounder. He has nice size for a freshman, and he seems to be very, very smart. He seems to be a coach's player type of guy. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see. I think that Bowen will be a nice player, but anybody who's expecting Bowen to be a one-and-done, um, yeah, you might want to keep waiting on that. I, I mean, it could happen, and I'd love to see it happen. Yeah, I think he backed off. It, it, previous to committing to Louisville, I think he had said he'd like to be one-and-done. But it sounds like he's backed off that a little bit. He knows you go to play for Rick Pitino. It's a Hall of Fame coach. you got a chance at really winning and making a name for yourself and Absolutely. getting a big fan base behind you. Yeah. But I don't think anybody just expects to be one hard, and done. Just, just go in and work hard. I, just, I don't think outside of Colin Sexton, the point guard going to Alabama, and Michael Porter Jr., the young man going to Missouri, I think that's the only two guys that are pretty much lock one and done types of players in this year's recruiting class. So if you're not one of those two guys, I love Trey 
afraid that Trayvon Duvall, the other point guard going to Duke, he's okay. Um, but I do. I, I see maybe two guys that have that one-and-done type of potential. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, uh, the big guy going to Arizona, is nice. Um, but I, I, it's just it's not there with this group. So let, let's just give a little bit of time. This freshman class is not going to be overly dominant like we've seen over the last several years. It's going to be a great college basketball season, but I do think it's going to be about the teams with the returning talent because Arizona has so many guys coming back this year. Right now, Sean Miller has zero excuses. Like with everybody, how much has, pressure is on Sean Miller? Oh, you—he's got to get to a final. Four. In my personal opinion, if he cannot get there this year, bringing back Riley Alkins, uh, bringing back you know all, all those guys, uh, for you know that, that now they did lose the, the big guy Tarzuski. Uh, he went to the league; he's gone. But other than Caleb Tarzuski, they're bringing back everybody. So at this point, the excuses are done. And, ta- I, and talent, and talented just, incoming class, unbelievable, uh, very talented incoming class a ton of returning players he has no excuse they should be the number one team heading into next year uh you know like i said with kentucky i don't necessarily think kentucky's gonna be you know i think this is a seven or eight lost kentucky team truthfully i mean i think that by the time the tournament comes around i think there'll be a team that can beat some folks and i think they'll have an opportunity as those young guys get better um but right now arizona is head and shoulders to me should be the favorite. I think that Louisville should be, you know, in that top 10. I think Kentucky should be maybe top 15. Uh, and then we'll just go from there. But, yeah, if Sean Miller doesn't make it to the Final Four this year, just go somewhere else, just please. Oxmore Chrysler, <laughs> Dodge Jeep, and Ram Buzzline is 502-384-1450. Rashawn, after our next caller, I have a feeling we're going to talk a little bit about the Hoosiers. Uh-oh. I think that you know who that means we got on the line. We have our man, The Truth. How are you My this man. morning, Truth? First, let me call it, LaShawn. How you doing, my friend? Been a long time. I heard your voice. Hey, Truth, man. It's always good to talk to you, my dog. How are you doing, man? You know what I like about you? What's that? You tell the truth about college basketball. And that's the two guys I got being one and done. i seen both of them play, and they're ready for the NBA now. If they would have came out of the draft... I wouldn't be surprised both of them would have been in the top ten in the draft this year. I agree. They they off the chart, and and I want to bring something else of your your saying, uh, uh, Dr. Warner Dunn. It's a, I, I, the big guy out of Arizona. I seen him play. He's uh he's he's a, he's a work in progress. Yes. Yes, I agree. I mean, he's got he's got some talent, but I just don't think necessarily he has the skill level. Um, I, I definitely think he has NBA athleticism, um, but I don't know if you can just give him the ball and let him go to work. And, and I think that's the biggest issue with this recruiting class is that either you have guys that have the NBA size but not the NBA skill or guys that have great skills but they're not overly, you know, they're not big, strong, physical guys like Brian Bowen. Brian Bowen has nice NBA size, but he's not or a height, but he doesn't necessarily have the physicality. He only goes about 180, 190 pounds on a six 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 seven frame, that's just not enough to get it done. Let me throw something else out there for you. You know, because I'm the truth, because I, I speak the truth, and I know the truth. <laughs> hey, uh, you know, I heard you talking about Calipari. Uh, uh, let me throw, I've been throwing this out for the last four years, and people uh, say I've been crazy. Canada is on the verge catching up with America playing basketball. If you look at the last four years, 
the guys who came out of Canada, Wiggins, and all these great players, and they coming in the NBA. And Canada been a great last five, I said last five years. Canada have brought some great ball players out of there, and I just can't look looking forward with all of them get you know like three or four years and put up a super team like the NBA. Uh, Canada, all, and I, I want to see how good that they they can put a team because they got the players in the NBA to, to have a dream team. Hey, I, uh, I tell you what, truth. I think that Canada, Team Canada, and you know, as we start to watch some of these USA basketball and Olympic games, and you know, as Wiggins and some of these young guys start to mature, I think they're going to have a chance to, to push Team USA. Now, don't get me wrong; I think Team USA uh, should win, and I think that they have, uh, you know, they still have the talent advantage. But I agree with you. I think that especially on the prep school level, uh, Team Canada. Uh, as well as um, the, the Australian team, as yep. well as some of these uh, Team Africa. These guys are on the come up right now. You have more talent coming from overseas right now than we've ever, ever seen. So I definitely think USA still has the advantage, but the gap has closed considerably, especially with Australia, Africa, as well as Canada. Let me, I know you're ready to hear what's going on, Bloom. I know you're ready to hear about the greatest college team of all time, the Hoosiers. Let me throw you, <laughs> let me throw you a bone, guy. Okay, you can run with it. Okay, all Big Ten, first team All America in the first round draft. He go down as greater than Cody Zeller and Mr. Davis. You think so? Listen, listen. Who, let me tell you something. Who, who you got? I, who you I, got? Uh. I I went I seen Davis about three weeks ago in Bloomington. Uh, listen to this. Yes, Davis. He was weighed. He weighed two hundred and seventy pounds. He is down to two fifty three. And you remember when he? Uh, here, here's a lot of people don't know mm-hmm. when he was when he was a freshman. He was the number one high school player in the country. He had some cup, uh, some injury and started gaining a lot of weight, and he stopped working out because when he came to IU, he was hurt then, and mm-hmm. so he never. But he looked like he was when he was his freshman year. You think and so? It, oh my goodness! You, you can tell. Uh, you can tell a, a night or day from Archie Miller with him. Whoever been working with him, yes. he just he. I mean, you know how you see. Uh, who can I use as an example? Uh, you know how you just see some players, you know, they've been average, and you know you see the potential in them, and somebody just come in and just and just bring their talent out of He's going to be of impact. And I want to tell the Hoosier Nation fans, don't worry about it. Indiana's going to be all right this year. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm more excited, more, you know, I've been, you know, this, you know I've been a big Tom Crean fan. You know I'm, oh, yeah. you know. You know, I port Cream, but as I started looking at stuff, only thing problem with Cream problem was he got too arrogant. Cause I'm a let's be honest, even great me and you and smartest me and you, if people start giving us money and and we get spoiled and all that, Indiana spoiled with Tom Cream. I'm be honest with you, they gave him a private jet, they gave him money, but he had a gold mine. He didn't know how to recruit in his own state. Pride got in Tom, Tom Crean, or, and so we have to let him go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what? And, and I'll be very interested to see what Archie Miller 
uh, can do with Indiana. But, no, I, I agree with you. I love Deron Davis. I think that he is an extremely, extremely talented young guy. I love Robert Johnson. Uh, you know, he's been one of the guys that I've really enjoyed uh, watching, uh, Jawan Morgan as well. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what Archie can do with this group. I think that Tom Crean uh, did, a, did a good job at Indiana. Um, I think that he kind of – Indiana fans never got over the fact that Indiana lost to Syracuse and did not make that Final Four. I think that at that point, when Indiana lost that game, it just seemed like they were never going to forgive Tom Cream for not making it. When with he with had, that kind of talent. With, with that kind of talent, when they had Zeller and they had Oladipo, but they lost that game. It really just seemed to um, – they were done with Cream at that point. Uh, True, do you, do you kind of agree with that? Uh, well, you know what? I, here's what I have with Tom Cruise. That was a good team. But here's people who have to realize mm-hmm. that we didn't have that many people who can break the ball or go to the right. Syracuse just disposed us. You know, let's be honest with you. You know, I'm a big IU fan. We just didn't have nobody just, you know, we had a great player. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you take your three-pointer away from you got to be able to take somebody to take the ball to the right. Yeah. I we couldn't do that. We got to spoil Carter Williams. Light us up like a firecracker. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I mean, it, it was it, – but I, I do. I don't think that the Indiana fans ever recovered from that loss. It just seemed like to me uh, after that, Crean could not do any right. I mean, you look at Indiana, look how well, um, you know, that they played. You know, I mean, once they lost OG Ananobi uh, to that injury, um, you know, he wasn't going to have the greatest season. I, I just think but, that, uh, you know, he was put in a me, tough spot, you know. I mean, he was coaching the year last, the year previous. He was coaching the year they won the Big Ten. Let me throw something else out there for you. Mm-hmm. you. You know, Indiana got a big man coming in. Oh. Uh, You've been, you been keeping up with him? Oh, yeah. Clifton Moore. Huh? Clifton Moore? Yeah, the big six foot ten guy. Yes. Uh, but listen, you know, uh, here's what I hate about about Rankins. I don't play Rankins, no, because if you go back and see what he done in Las Vegas, the guy who going to Arizona, mm-hmm. who we got, got number one player, this guy from coming to Indiana play against, against all the top big men, and they started moving him up the rankings the last week of the rankings. Uh, reason why? Because he was going to Indiana. Well, let's be, if he went to Kentucky, he'd probably been in the top fifteen or top twenty. This big man—he's the real deal. Okay. Well, we'll wait and see. I'll be honest with you, Truth. I'm pulling for Archie. We talked about the pressure on Sean Miller. Go. Yeah. Thank you so much for the call, Truth. We'll I get appreciate to that the truth with you off the line. So, thank you so much, there, Truth. We talked about the pressure on Sean Miller, Rashawn. Let's parlay that into. What kind of pressure is on little brother, the <laughs> legitimate little brother, Archie Miller, who I think is a great coach? Yeah, you know what? It's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Yeah, Clifton Moore uh, is the big guy. that They don't have a lot of highly, highly rotate, um, uh, ranked guys. You have Justin Smith, uh, the 6'7 power forward. You have Clifton Moore, uh, 6'10 power forward. He's only well. 190. Uh, yeah, uh, the 6'10. Well, they have him on 247. They have him at 202. But, oh, you do know, they? Okay. He's, he's He's not big. He's not a big scout. Guy. They got him at one ninety. Regardless, maybe he had a little bit of muscle. I could probably post him up. Yeah, right? let's just put it like that. I might be able to move him around. Then they have a six four point guard, um, Aljami Durham, coming in as well. They don't have a big recruiting class in uh, with the fact that they lost OG Ananobi. Um, the fact that James Blackman Jr. decided to put his name in the draft. Um, 
he's going to have his work cut out for him. I mean, Indiana, uh, with bringing in Archie Miller this year, um, you know, I know True said he thinks they're going to be okay. I think that they are not going to be as good as some of Crean's best teams. Um, if they can find a way to make an NCAA tournament, I think that's a win uh, for them. I, I just don't think uh, that they necessarily have the overriding talent to be able to go out there um, and just dominate. I know the Big Ten has been kind of down over the last couple of seasons, and, and Indiana's been able to take advantage of that. But when I look at what Minnesota has, when I look at what Michigan State has, um, I, I think that you're going to see a bit of a resurgence uh, with Ohio State as well. Um, Indiana's going to have their work cut out for them. I, I like what Purdue's doing. They still have the big guy, Isaac Haas, uh, there as well as their guards um, are very, very good. So I, if Indiana can find a way to make a tournament, I think Archie Miller is is a uh, has done an excellent job because I just don't think Indiana necessarily has the, the, the talent that they've had. I think Robert Johnson is a very good player. As Truth talked about with Deron Davis, um, he um, has a lot of potential. Um, I, I think that he's a guy who needed some seasoning. But if Davis can have that type of jump that Truth is talking about, if he's in better shape, if he's lost that weight, uh, then maybe that changes the prospects. Because if you can have Mr. Outside and Johnson and Mr. Inside and Davis, and, and they can do that, I don't think the Big Ten is difficult enough to where um, you know, you're going to be dominated. So we'll have to see what Archie does. Um, I don't know how good he is as a coach. You know, I, I know that they had, uh, you know, that their little Cinderella run. Uh, you know, with with uh, he's, he was at Dayton, right? He was at, at Dayton. At Dayton. Um, he, had a, he had a few different seasons where, he, where, he where they good. were okay, but you know, yeah. I don't know. You know, I, it's anytime you're bringing in one of those mid-major guys, I, I you know, people know that he has the lineage. He's the brother of Sean Miller, um, but. We'll have to see. I, I, I don't know if he's better than Tom Crean. Me, personally, I always loved Tom Crean. I thought he was one of the best tacticians uh, in the game. Um, you know, I loved him at Marquette. I think he's a very, very smart coach. I thought he did a very good job of recruiting uh, talent. Uh, at Indiana, which is something that they've had issues with, with you know, before Crean got there, Indiana was having all types of trouble keeping the best players at home. We continued to see great players leave the state of Indiana to go elsewhere and play. I thought that Tom Crean slowed that down, and he started winning some of those recruiting battles, getting Yogi Ferrell, uh, you know, to stay at home, uh, you know, getting some of those Indiana kids to to buy into what was going on. So Archie's that's going to be job number one. Archie's going to have to keep the the, the town at home. But guess what? He ain't getting Romeo Langford. (laughs) It's not happening. And who's your fans? You can call me up. So where's Romeo Langford going, Rashawn? You know, and I wanted to ask Truth that question before he got off the line because I know he had some insight for me. He was going to say the Hoosiers. But uh, I I still, all my little birdies, people kept talking about Kentucky, Kentucky, and, you know, Calipari has this edge. I don't think so. I do think that it's going to be between Louisville and uh, Duke. I think that is the, the the two teams that will be battling it out for Romeo. But everybody tells me that Romeo's coming to Louisville. Like I've heard I, that I, a lot I've, too. I, I, <laughs> I have difficulty believing it, to be honest. Yes. I don't know why. Just something. Well, my because Lil, Louisville's not had a one and done yeah. type of player. Ever. So yeah. So I mean, when you look at that, until it happens the first time, you, you know, it's very hard to believe. But I know Romeo does have a very, very good relationship. Um, you, you know, uh, uh, KJ Relentless, Kenny Johnson, uh, you know, has been on Romeo, and, and Kenny, as Indiana fans know, is yeah. one of the best recruiters out there, and, and he has made Romeo Langford his life's work at Louisville, and I think he will be uh, the last 
last big get for you know Universal before he takes his own head coaching job. As I do think that Kenny, after this season, uh, will find a head coaching job somewhere. But I do think why, this. Why will not be keep his him around and let let him be the the guy who. Takes over when Rick does retire. Well, I, I I think that Kenny Johnson is a guy who, if you're at the University of Louisville and people talked about it with Richard Patino and people talked about it with some of his other coaches, you I don't think you can just give the University of Louisville program to anybody. Uh, and, and I think you have to be proven. That's why I would not see a coaching waiting type of situation happen at Louisville because I think that Tom George is going to go out there and he is going to find the best coach. People said that they didn't believe that Louisville could get Rick Pitino when Rick Pitino was coming back to college. They didn't think that could happen. University of Louisville is going to take one of the top five coaches in basketball when they get it because of the situation, because of, uh, you know, the, the program, the amount of money that comes into this program, because of the facilities and everything else, they can demand the best. They can pay you as, as if you were the best. And I think because of the situation, being able to play in the ACC against the best competition, University of Louisville is going to go out there and get one of those top guys. So it's no knock on Kenny Johnson necessarily. I just think that you can't take a first-time head coach at Louisville. You can do that some other places, um, but I think that Louisville's going to go out there and get one of the best coaches whenever Rick Pitino hangs it up. But that being said, the way Coach Pitino's going and the type he's of time many, he's got coming in, especially left. now that he hates the NCAA and what they're doing to him, I think Coach Pitino's going to try to coach for another five, six, seven years. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. To wrap up with the Indiana Hoosiers talk, Deron yes. Davis played in all 34 games for the Hoosiers last year. He played just under 14 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. So truth is projecting a big jump. Well, and, and that's Deron what he Davis. talked about was that was the conditioning level for okay. for Duran. The fact that he's if he has lost that thirty pounds, um, you know, we kind of saw some similar things uh, with Jalen Johnson when Jalen Johnson first got to Louisville. Um, you know, he worked hard, but he wasn't in the best conditioning in the best shape, and that made his minutes short. Now we did see a big jump in Jalen Johnson in terms of production from freshman to sophomore season when he did get into good shape, and he ended up becoming a pretty consistent starter for Louisville and doing. Doing some good things. He really did. I, I think that's the hope for Indiana fans is that you can see Davis really take that big jump because he was a very, very highly rated young man early in his prep career um, before he did have the weight issues and things of that nature. So if he can get back, um, that's to Deron, that, Deron Davis. Yes, yes. Uh, if, if he can get into that, get back to that level or that type of form, that would be huge for the Indiana Hoosiers and would go a long way because they do need uh, that inside presence. With Thomas Bryant being gone, that was a tough hit. Uh, for Indiana, and we saw how well he played for the Lakers um, the first couple of games in yeah. Summer League. Thomas Bryant, very talented, uh, very talented player. He did not have the type of sophomore season that people were expecting. He would have been a lottery pick had he come out after his freshman season. Came back his sophomore year, did not have a great year. Ends up being a you know a, a late first round pick uh, for the Lakers. Um, but you know Indiana lost a lot of talent. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, and Truth knows this, they lost a ton of very good players. When you talk about losing Ananobi, Bryant, and Blackman. That's probably your three best players uh, on that team last year. And you didn't necessarily bring in the type of talent to replace the talent you lost. So um, you're going to have to hope that some of these guys come in and really step their game up, and you're going to have to hope that R.G. Miller can come in and assimilate himself uh, into that and make the most out of that talent. There's a lot of pressure on a lot of guys because I don't Including think – Including Archie. Absolutely. I just don't think Archie can come in and have a losing record his first year. Because sure. Because that, that, 
would look bad uh, considering Tom Crean, what he was able to do with Indiana, um, you know, over the last couple of seasons. If that would be a very, very bad look. So we'll have to wait and see what a happens. A couple names come to mind when I think of Archie Miller making the transition from Dayton to Indiana. You got the spotlight on you now. Oh, yeah. A la, let's say, one Billy Gillespie. Yes. Or maybe in baseball terms, Randy Johnson. He did so great with other teams, but then he went to the Big Apple. Oh, and yeah. he he imploded. He couldn't deal with the big spotlight. So we'll see it, what, what Archie Miller, how he handles that. Because it, it's a different deal. Dayton's a big college basketball market, and it is. As far as television ratings, Dayton, I think, is like top five, something like that. Right. But it's a whole different world. When you have these boosters, the Hoosier the program, The friends of the program. Yes. <laughs> Whoever's hanging around there at the, the Bloomington campus. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a different animal. So and, we'll see. And, and these folks are going to be on Miller. They're going to expect for him to come out and do big things this year. And, and that's why, you know, I caution Kentucky fans to say, give them time. This is not going to be your classic Calipari team. I'm going to tell the Hoosier fans, this is not – going to be a, a, a dominant Indiana team. So you guys are going to have to give Archie Miller time because I just don't think the talent level is there for Indiana to expect greatness. I think that, it, like I said, if they can just find a way to make a tournament, to be able to go 19, 20 wins and be able to slide into the NCAAs, I think that is a win for Archie Miller this year because, you know, unless these guys just have a huge, huge jump, I, I don't see it. I, I don't see this team being a team that can, can you know, contend for a Sweet 16, Elite 8, or a Final Four. I mean, that's just keeping it real. I think if Indiana makes a team, if they win a game in the NCAA tournament, you know what? It's Take that and run Success. With it. We're going to head to a break. Be sure to stay tuned. Myself, Kelly Patrick, and Rashawn will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. We are down the the home stretch. We've got a little bit of time left here uh, this morning, along with my man, Rashawn Myers, talking all things in the world of sports. Time Rash- flies, man. It really does. Only 20 minutes left. It seems like I just, we just started the it, show. It really does. <laughs> it's been a great show this morning. We've covered a lot of, of great stuff, Rashawn. I, I really appreciate you joining me this morning. I, um, I mean... You just, as we said, it's July 9th, <laughs> but we, it's supposed to be a dead period around here, but with Twitter and social media and NBA summer leagues and everything and the, the Louisville, the, the investigation. One thing I did want to mention earlier, we did not get to was mm-hmm. in 2015, the NCAA did something that I think could be potentially relevant to the rulings on the Louisville case. They Reversed. They retroactively reversed all the losses that were taken away from Penn State. Oh, wow. All the losses and everything that had been vacated, the NCAA came back because of the lawsuit. Now, that involves boosters and a bunch of money for lawyers. Right. But Louisville actually seems to have that. 
I don't know yeah. about to the degree of Penn State. I, you know, I don't know. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. I, I hate to draw a comparison with such a horrible case no, as Penn State. But, you, you know, th- there is precedent there. And I think that um, this this is what I say. And, and this is the rough part for Louisville fans. Louisville fans, if you thought that this was about over with, I'm here to tell you guys, with this now going into appeals and the fact that the, the University of Louisville has already said that if, uh, if it does not work through the appeals that they will go to court over this ruling – we're going to be hearing Katina Powell's name, and we're going to be hearing about this scandal for at least the next two to three years. Years, people. Yeah, not not months. Years. I mean, this appeal will probably not even be heard for another 18 months. So you're talking about having to go through another whole season with this appeals process. You're going to have to deal with um, – you know, having to hear these same allegations over and over and over again. And like I said, if the appeal if the appeal does not get overturned and come out in Louisville's favor, then they're going to court. So, I mean, we could be dealing with Andre McGee and Katina Powell and these allegations for upwards of four to five years more. I mean, it's it's at that point. I mean, it's it, I'm tired of hearing about it. You know, I, I love Larry Wilder. He's a very nice guy to talk to. I like using him as our, uh, you know, our legal correspondent when, you know, these types of things come up. But I'm tired of talking to Larry. I'm tired of talking to Larry. I'm tired of hearing about Katina. Yeah. You know, but it, it's that's the reality of the place. But at least Louisville's going to put a good product on the court. It doesn't and, seem and, like and it's slowing down the product on, the, not on at all. The, the field of play. Not at all. And I have a feeling that if let's just say, and I'm not trying to say that it's going to happen, but let's say Louisville goes out and wins the championship this year, uh, you know, in basketball. And it could happen. And I think the Louisville fans will say, you know what, go ahead and just toss that 13 banner and let's just keep it moving. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, it's it's rough, but I hate it for the team that Louisville had. I mean, Peyton Siva, Russ Smith, um, those were great guys. Um, and, and, you know, for this to happen because of, you know, the ignorant decisions uh, of Andre, uh, I, I know a lot about that situation on the workings on the inside, on the back end, uh, where all this, you know, came from. It's just rough. Um, he got caught in a tough situation trusting the wrong people and just making bad decisions, and now everybody's paying for his bad decisions. No, I don't believe that Coach Patino knew about it. No, I don't think that University of Louisville was just uh, you know, being cavalier in what they were doing. I do not believe that Coach Patino would allow this happen to happen at Billy Minardi Hall um, where his brother-in-law's name is on it. I know uh, that – you know, schools do things like this, that they want those players to have a good time. They understand they go out, they meet girls, they party, they have fun. But no, I don't think that in Coach Patino's thought process, it ever came that Andre McGee's going to go out there and pay these girls to do what they do. Because when you're a University of Louisville basketball player, you don't have any problems with the ladies yeah, uh, finding them. I've always <laughs> said, and this doesn't sound good, <laughs> but I've always said if Rick Patino had anything to do with it, they would have done it up a little different than this. <laughs> Agreed. And you know what's the funniest thing about this whole deal, Kelly, is the fact that Tennessee, and people forget this, is that when Lane Kiffin was at Tennessee, Tennessee got in trouble for doing the same thing, having girls. You're right. I forgot uh, about that. Yeah, they, 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 they were, had they were girls, a part of the, the university. And that's the only difference is that you know, the Tennessee used students to do the same thing that Andre McGee had these young ladies paid to do. The only difference was Tennessee had these girls on scholarship and they used students to go around, have sex with players, parents, and everything else. The the, the hostesses 
but the only difference was they were on scholarship. So apparently it's okay to use students to do these types of things, but if you pay outside contractors for it, it's much, much worse because Tennessee only got probation. That's all they got. They got probation. I think Lane Kiffin had to sit two games. That was it. That, no, 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 you know, no cash forfeiture was exchanged, of, uh, of wins. Well, but, but they were paying the scholarships. No, yeah, exactly. So the, it, it was they funded were still, regardless. It was, it was funded some, by the university. Of, of Absolutely, but but because it was kids that were on scholarship, they paid them scholarship money um, to do it. It was uh, apparently okay. And I'm not saying that this is okay at all. I'm not trying to abscond University of Louisville from any type of whatever. And, and sure, and, and, and Louisville's had plenty of shady stuff go on. Absolutely, admittedly. and, and, and as Brian the said. This is the NCAA. You, it is a choice that you make to be a part of this system. So at the end of the day, if the NCAA comes down and says, you know, this is your medicine, take it, I'm okay with it. If they decide to get rid of the wins, I'm not going to like it. But I know University of Louisville won the championship. I know that this was not a situation where Louisville paid some guy to come to the school, and that's why they won. Louisville won it fair and square. They went out there. They recruited the team, and that team won. This is not a Derrick Rose situation where you had a guy who shouldn't have been eligible have a, somebody take a test for him, so that's the only reason he was eligible. None of these things happened. I mean, and all, for all intents and purposes, Louisville did not get one recruit because of the actions of Andre McGee. So at the end of the day, I know that Louisville earned what they had. This was not a uh, Michigan Wolverine situation where you had a guy paying Chris Weber, uh, paying Jalen Rose, paying all these guys to come to, to the university. As long as I know that didn't happen, I'm good with it. So, you know, I, at the end of the day, if they take the wins, it's fine. But, yeah, if you might as well batten down the hatches, old fans, because you're going to be hearing about this for a long, long time. Okay, so there, there's much more enjoyable topics we can wrap the show up. Yes. Other than that. So this morning we've discussed uh, one of the things I, I found to be very interesting was, you know, John Ramsey and Andy Sweeney have had a, a recent Twitter battle. So <laughs> Twitter beef. Twitter beef, which is always fun. Yeah, well, you know what? I've had my own Twitter beef with Andy. Uh, I love Andy Sweeney. He can be a bit of a, a hot take and like to throw his shots. But you know what? I love all the Louisville media. And the fact that everybody goes out there and, and they, they, you know, everybody gets along. But at the same time, you know, when, when there's an opportunity out there, but when you have friendly fire, the fact that, you know, Ramsey worked for, uh, you know, that, that station and Andy currently works for that station and, and the fact that they're going back and forth. I love it. It gives you something to talk about. It gives uh, you something to talk about. It's almost like pro wrestling. You better believe it. You know, like it's you and I should stage a, <laughs> a, a, a Twitter beat. Exactly. I, I'm gonna have to sit out there. You know what? I went on the show. I'm tired of Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> he was so rude to yeah. me in the hallway. What a jerk. You know what I'm saying? So you know, I mean, but it, it's it's fun. It's something to talk about. Those guys. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I think that a lot of that is for show. Uh, but at the end of the day, it, it's all entertainment, man. Everybody's entertained by it. So yeah. I, I do think there's part of that. I, I, it seems at times that they're they're actually angry with each other and things like that. But I've read a lot of those tweets and I followed it as pretty much everybody I think <laughs> here locally kind of has. It's been oh, very yeah. entertaining. But oh, I, I, and those two, uh, I will just say those two are probably the two biggest talkers. Ramsey likes to talk his smack. Uh, you know, and Andy likes to talk his smack. So uh, I, I I did not realize this. You actually put me up on the fact that these yes. two were kind of feuding. That's just so, over the past couple of days. Yeah, so I, I'm going to have to go back and, and dive into that. I might actually get it and jump into it myself and, <laughs> you know, try to just insert myself and, 
you know, I'm good at that. <laughs> no, it's a, a fine line. Because, and I, 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 I uh, go through that also because I've been hosting the weekend sports buzz for five over five years now. Wow. And um, isn't that wild? That's crazy. It really is. I know, Rashawn, you start. I started the you weekend. You started shows. the weekend. Shows Absolutely. Here on 1450. Yeah. Yeah. At fourteen fifty. So the, to know that you've been doing it for five years, gosh. Yeah. Been doing radio a little bit for you know for a little bit of time now. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> but you always struggle with I'm a Louisville fan. Um and you wanna be, you know, fair and honest. Absolutely. And, and it's okay to be a fan. There's nothing wrong with that. Oh, not at all. Not um, at all. But at the same time, as you said earlier, you don't wanna go out and say, uh, for example, Coach Calipari is a bum. <laughs> you know, he's not good at his job because in reality, what is he paid? Seven, oh, eight yeah. million dollars a year. I mean, this guy's at the top absolutely. of his profession. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's one of the things I, that's why I always contend with the fact that, you know, I always say people always say, you know, Coach Calipari can't coach and do all those types of things. Man, Coach Calipari is one of the greatest coaches in the game. I mean, period, X and O's or otherwise, because you can't win at that level and do what he does, especially with so many young guys. you got to understand, when you're playing with predominantly freshmen, there's a reason that Kentucky plays a very simplified version of the game because they win with their talent. You can't put too much on a freshman in terms of scheme because it just doesn't work. You're trying to – if you overload that their mind with things to do, they're out there thinking and not playing. So what Coach Calipari does is – he puts those guys in the best situation to get the most out of their talent. At the end of the day, that's what he does, and it works for him. I mean, Kentucky is winning. Like we talked about all the teams that have an abundance of talent. I mean, goodness gracious, up there, Lorenzo Romar, for the longest time at Washington, and he had guys like Markel Fultz. He's had um, you know a ton of draft picks. I, I saw a guy, um, Chris, that, that plays for Phoenix, uh, Marcus Chris, uh, this guy is a is a phenom. He played apparently at Washington as well. And Washington hasn't made the NCAA tournament in a few years. And they have, you know, they've had a ton of top ten picks. So Coach Calipari needs to be given all the credit in the world for being able to get the most. I mean, the fact that he's winning, you know, 28, 29, 30 games, uh, you know, with, with these guys and making it to Final Fours and Elite Eights and doing what he's doing, that's to be commended because it's not easy. I mean, you talk about just rolling the ball out and that Kentucky's had so many guys um you still got to win you still got to win it's not easy to win you know coach k has tried to do the one and done thing and start to do that and he's had mixed results as well yeah. i mean you know he got he won it with justin winslow and uh you know jaleel okafor but he tried it this past season and it didn't work out for him and, so, and coach k has times where he got eliminated in the first round of the ncaa tournament absolutely. i mean what people don't realize is we're in an era where there's a lot of great coaches out there. Oh, yeah. I mean, Sean Miller's chomping at the bit to take that next step. Mm-hmm. Uh, you still got Roy Williams out there, obviously. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I mean, mean, it's it's not easy to go out and, and win a national championship. Not at all. I mean, it, there's there's a reason why, you know, that there's only uh, certain few guys that have won more than two or three titles. So, I mean, it's not easy to win a championship. Yes, you can say that Kentucky's had the most talent, but this is not a UCLA situation where you're playing with the most talented guys and you're having those guys for three or four years he has these guys for one year he has to teach them to play college level defense he has to get these guys to play as a team and get them that good so when you're talking about the fact that he had Carl Anthony Towns and those guys in a position to win a championship yes did they lose did they blow the 38 no season like it says on the Gatorade commercial yeah that happened but the fact that they were in that position had a team that young undefeated with a chance to win a championship is amazing 
Yeah. At the end of the day, that's amazing. The fact that they were able to get it done with Anthony Davis and those guys, that's to be commended, man. I mean, it's it's hard to do. It's hard to win a championship, period. Before we wrap things up this morning, Rashawn, what about football, both for the Wildcats and the Cards? A brief, we've got, you know, six minutes okay. left. What are your thoughts on the, the Kentucky Wildcats headed into next year before uh, we get to our cards? You know what? I, Kentucky is going to – this is going to be um, probably the biggest season for Mark Stoops. I mean, if, if it's going to happen for him, they're coming off a season where they were able to beat Louisville. Uh, okay, that was probably their biggest road win. If you take a look at it, that's probably the biggest road win for Kentucky in about 20 years. Uh, you know, as far as beating a good team on the road. It just has not happened for the University of Kentucky. So Mark Stoops is trying to take that momentum and move forward with it. So if they're going to do something, if they're going to take that next step, they had a ton of opportunity last year to actually win the, a- the uh, AFC East, uh, to win the SEC East. They had an opportunity to actually go and play for the SEC Championship. Now, will that happen this year, I don't know. I mean, you have Georgia there in a, in a state of flux right now. You have the Florida Gators, who always has a ton of talent, but they've not necessarily been on their P's and Q's lately. Tennessee's kind of been up and down. This is going to be the question mark. What's Kentucky ready to do? I mean, I've heard that there's still um, a lot of question marks about who's going to be the quarterback moving forward. Uh, there's been a lot of question marks about how good this defense is going to be uh, for Kentucky. But right now um, – this is probably their best situation. So if they're going to take a legitimate jump to try to say that, you know what, now we're serious players in football, they need to back up what they did last year. Because, I mean, let's not get it wrong. Everybody talks about the fact that they won that last game versus University of Louisville, but they got blown out in their bowl game. Okay, let, let, let's not forget about that. They did not go out there and win their bowl game. So that's why I said it's a put up or shut up. I think that Louisville, and as we saw, if Lamar Jackson doesn't fumble the ball trying to get a couple extra yards, they lose that game to Louisville. Then what's the narrative on Kentucky? If Kentucky loses that game to Louisville, has a 500 record, and then gets blown out in their bowl game, is it the same type of optimism? I mean, really and truthfully, Lamar Jackson gave Kentucky a gift. Kentucky took advantage of it. They won. That's to be congratulated. But if they're going to say and prove that they are legitimate, that Mark Stoops is deserving of all this money and all these extensions, uh, they're going to have to do it. I mean, so we'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Kentucky under Mark Stoops in 2013 went 2-10, and 0-8 in the SEC in 2013. 2014, they, they jumped up to 5-7 and with a 2-6 and record in the SEC. They duplicated the exact same thing in 2015. Five and seven in overall and two and six in the SEC. In 2016, they jumped up seven and six yeah. while going four and four, 500 football in the SEC. Yeah. So they had, you know, they, they, they that, was a, the thing. that was a step forward. They were knocking on the year. door. They had two years in a row where they started out with five wins and one loss and five wins and zero losses. You know, but then, of course, we remember they lost all the way out and ended up five and seven those two years in a row. This was the breakthrough season for them. Not only did they become bowl eligible having six wins before the Louisville game, then they come out, they upset Louisville on the road with the Heisman Trophy winner. That was huge for them. But, you know, now they have to back that up and show improvement. They cannot go backwards and not make a bowl game. So, I mean, I do think that even though they had a successful season last year, the year after is probably the most pressurized season in Mark Stoops' career at Kentucky. You cannot go backwards and go back to five wins or less. It just can't happen. Now, moving over to our Louisville Cardinals, 
According to the Sporting News, they are projected to be preseason rankings, the number 12 team in the country. Obviously, you have Lamar Jackson coming back. They're looking to a guy like Des Fitzpatrick to really step up and, and uh, take some of the pressure off of returning Heisman Trophy winning Lamar Jackson. Also, Reggie Bonifant should have a big year. What are your thoughts on the cards? I, I, I tell you what, I, I don't know what the University of Louisville is going to do at running back. I know Jalen Smith is, or excuse me, uh, uh, um, uh, Smith, the running back. Um, uh, Jalen Smith is the, the wide receiver. Um, Jeremy Smith. Uh, Jeremy Smith, it's going to be about him. He was knocked. He was banged up during the spring. Uh, so how Jeremy Smith comes, if he's healthy and can hold on to the ball, he's had some fumbling issues. Um, if the running game is good, we have no idea what's going to happen with this offensive line. They may end up starting three freshmen on the offensive line. You have a couple of very good returning starters in McNeil as well as Christian, but the other three spots um, could possibly be taken by true freshmen. So they're talented true freshmen. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of talent coming in. University of Louisville had one of their best offensive line recruiting classes ever. But how that offensive line holds up, how those freshmen are able to come in and play immediately is going to be huge in terms of what Louisville can do. If the offensive line can come in, open holes for Jeremy Smith. If Jeremy Smith can hold on to the ball, they have a ton of talent at the wide receiver car. Seth, Seth Dawkins. I really believe he has an opportunity to be one of the best. He has a chance to be the next Devontae Parker. The young man has so much talent, size, speed, athleticism, Um, his, you know, the lineage. He's the son of one of my favorite players, Ralph Dawkins, the former running back at the University of Louisville. He has everything you need to be successful. His brother has been doing really well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I mean, so. What's his name? Colorado? Yes. uh, Um. Uh. Oh, I can't D- think of his first Daylin? name. Yeah, Dalen Dawkins. Dalen Dawkins. Um, I, I think that he has everything that he needs um, to be able to be successful as far as Lamar Jackson having the weapons. You have Seth Dawkins. You have Jalen Smith, um, you know, who was, the, the uh, I believe, the, the leader in the uh, ACC in terms of yards per reception. You have Jalen Smith coming back. You have Des Fitzpatrick, who set out last year, is a red shirt freshman phenom. He was outstanding in the spring game. So there's going to be a ton of talent out there. Um, you have the transfer tight end from Texas A&M uh, that will be playing this year as well. Um, so uh, – there is a touch that you have Mickey Crum coming back as well. So, what about defense? Defensively, um, you know they've already named Jair Alexander a first-team All-American. Um, so, you know you have that that you know got that presence in the secondary. Louisville has a ton of talent. They do have to replace some things up front. It's good to be able to have uh, uh, the uh, defensive end that had the uh, hip injury uh, come back. Uh, Young is going to be back out there. Travion Young is going to be back for the University of Louisville. So it's going to be a wait and see. Louisville's going to be able to put up points if the offensive line can hold up. But right now, it's all about that O-line. Great show this morning, Rashawn. Thank you so much for coming in. We appreciate everybody tuning in. Have a great rest of your weekend. And join us next Sunday for more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Uh,